Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from the Vine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I'm excited that you are walking with me. What we do each day is we look at about three chapters of Scripture that I'm just organically reading through in my time with the Lord, and we're going to discuss them for around 20 minutes. You're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters individually, but hopefully together we'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord as we're meeting each day. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is from Proverbs 13, 14, and 15. And again, we're just trying to jump around, and ultimately, we're trying to obtain a heart of wisdom. And a mind of wisdom, understanding what wisdom is biblically. Um, you know, we know Solomon asked the Lord for one thing. What he asked for was wisdom, and what the Lord supplied is the very words um, that we read in the Book of Proverbs, where uh, was th- these were coming from the Holy Spirit inspired wisdom that was residing in Solomon. So when we read these words, we're tapping into God's wisdom and then installing it into ourselves, becoming wise. Now, as I've mentioned multiple times, every one of these verses is incredibly powerful on its own. And every one, almost every single line is a single nugget of wisdom that could be meditated upon um, in and of itself due to the nature of this podcast and how I just basically am going over the things that spoke to me the loudest. I am definitely not going verse by verse. We are just taking a glance at, at uh, a few things from these chapters. And so um, some of these books of the Bible we're able to dive deeper in, and some of them we're just able to kind of get a glance at, which is why I would encourage you to read uh, these chapters on your own and let the Lord install His wisdom in you as you sit at His feet and listen to the teachings of the Holy Spirit through Solomon. Um, In chapter 13, um, verse 3 says, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. And so what we're, what we're dealing with here is um, this same quality of wisdom that we've already addressed, which is that wise people choose their words very, very carefully. They're very selective with their words. Sometimes they know not to speak. Other times they know when to speak. They know what to say. Right? Uh, we, 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 uh, several t- sessions ago, we mentioned what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom, and we related it to a gun. Uh, a gun, I- 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 uh, knowledge is to know uh, how to fire a gun, how to load it, and how to clean it. And wisdom is to know when I should keep it in its holster and when I should pull it out. And so in the same way regarding wisdom with, with our words, a lot of people have a lot of nice things to say and good things to say. Some people even know a lot of scripture to say. And uh, wisdom is to know when I'm supposed to speak and, and input and when I'm not and when I'm supposed to listen and when I'm supposed to be silent and, you know, all these different things. And so wise people understand that. Um, now we're going to get into a new quality of a wise person. Verse four says, the soul of the sluggard 
craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So, as we read through Solomon's teachings, there are a few people mentioned, uh, a few characteristics mentioned of people, and we've talked about several of them. We've spoke of the wise man, the simple man. We've spoke of the foolish man, the scoffer, right? And um, so this is a new person uh, who is lacking of wisdom, and that is the sluggard. And what the sluggard is is about what he sounds like. He's lazy and he, he, he lacks effort. Okay, wise people use effort, did you hear that? Wise people are not lazy. Wise people are diligent. At whatever they do, they do it to their maximum ability. That is wisdom. Wisdom says anything worth doing is worth doing right. Okay? Sounds like something your dad would say, wouldn't it? Well, he had been on the planet a little longer than you, and that's why he told you that, <laughs> right? So wise people know that, that we don't do anything. There's no reason to do anything halfway. If I'm worth committing to it, putting my hand to the plow, then I need to continue to press on forward. There's no reason why I would do anything uh, in part, okay? And so, but the soul of the slugger craves, and he gets nothing, and... uh Uh, On down into verse 7, this is an interesting verse. It says, One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. I had to look into this verse a little bit and study because I thought that was interesting. How would would one even pretend to be rich, yet has nothing? And one pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. And I, because it kind of hit me and I thought, well, which... Which of those is is even an an admonition? Which one of them is even a compliment? You know, to me, they both sounded derogatory. Well, oh, you pretend to be rich. Oh, you pretend to be poor. That sounds like you take advantage of people. Pretending to be poor, I mean, to pretend to be rich sounds like you're insecure. So I was trying to figure out what's, how could either of these really be a blessing? But then I understood. I then I understood it as I began to study it a little deeper. And your translation, every translation has its pros and cons, of course. And um, your translation may have made this verse a little more uh, clear to you than mine did. But as I began to look into it a little bit more, I understood that the language of pretending to be would uh, essentially mean make yourself. One makes himself. It's like to willfully choose. Okay, so when we think pretend, we, I don't know, we think fake, wannabe, you know, we, we think derogatory, but really what this would mean is to make yourself. So one makes himself to be rich, yet has nothing. Another makes himself to be poor, yet has great wealth. So this is the same um, spiritual principle that we've studied multiple times um, that those who humble themselves will be exalted and those who exalt themselves will be made humble. It's the same principle. It's in different wording. But again, wise people, uh, we could kind of put it this way for the sake of today. Wise people pretend to be poor. Hmm. What does that mean? Wise people live as though they are lowly and and not as though they are high and lifted up. Wise people do not exalt themselves. Whether they are rich or not, they keep their state of heart as meek. Okay? Wise people are 
meek, and therefore they inherit the earth. Uh-huh. Right? So so we understand that that wise people do not um pretend to be rich. They instead pretend to be poor. Okay? And that doesn't mean that they're mooching or taking advantage of people like we might think of pretending to be. It means that regardless of their actual state, they whether they're a millionaire or or they're not, they continue to live as though they are um just humble servants of the Lord Jesus. Okay? So I thought that was a neat quality there. Um wealth verse 11, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase in it. That's interesting verse there. Um, hastily, uh, quickly, and also could mean by fraud. So wealth gained by fraud will dwindle. That's dishonest gain. Um, you know, some kind of a, a way where you're cheating people or doing something that you shouldn't do to get ahead. Uh, that is going to evaporate. And you see that oftentimes, you know, money that's not well earned is typically uh, easily lost. And um, also sometimes that might, even in the context of it just coming quickly. A lot of times, the faster the money comes, the faster it goes. Have you noticed that too? Um, you know, it's kind of like if you had to wait six months to earn a thousand dollars, you'd choose to spend it more carefully than if someone handed you a thousand dollars. And uh, it's just a—it's just wisdom to understand what it took to get it versus how easily you can spend it. And um, but you know, the reason I highlighted this verse, you know, because um, was because I thought it was neat because. We're listening to wisdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is God's definition of wisdom. We know that he formed the entire earth by wisdom. We know that no one is as wise as him. We know that wisdom indeed belongs to God. And so from God's mouth, from the wisdom of God's heart, comes that sentence that wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever whoever gathers little by little will increase in it. When I read that verse, it actually reveals to me God's character. Sometimes we feel like God needs to hurry up and he needs to bless me faster and he needs to give to me more and more and give me increase. But God knows wisdom better than any of us know wisdom or will ever know wisdom. And so sometimes God actually is withholding of us things that we could receive too hastily and then would lose too quickly. That could be money, relationships, opportunities, careers. So God is very patient and in his wisdom, he reserves some things for us until we would truly value them and appreciate them. That's why we must never get this mentality where God works for us and call that faith. That's not faith. I always work for God. God never works for me. I don't tell him what he's going to give me by faith. My faith is that is as Hebrews 11 says that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. But my faith doesn't necessarily describe how quick and soon and when and what it's going to look like because I'm not in charge of him. He's in charge of me and the very and the very nature of how fast I want to receive something might be incorrect to the wisdom in which he wants to give it to me because he knows that it's not truly wise that I get what I'm asking for right now, but he's working on it. Whoever's listening, just know he's working on it, but he has too much wisdom to give it to you right now because you don't really know what to do with it yet. Okay. And so, um, 
You just have to understand that, that that's how wise God is. In verse 14, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. And wise people listen to teaching. Uh, they listen to good teaching. So verse 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Wise people choose wise company. Right now, this is interesting when you start thinking about who you hang out with. This is interesting, isn't it? Because, um, you know, we are to be the light of the world, salt of the earth. We're here to go unto all the nations. We're here to baptize the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're we're here for evangelical reasons. So it's interesting the verses that are tethered to, towards keeping your company like minded, keeping your company in in uh, in the faith and being equally yoked. And I want to describe the difference, but is that you can't res- pull yourself or try to preserve yourself from this world. You have to be in it, but you cannot be of it. We know that. Now, what's the difference between being in it and of it? A lot of it is the close community that you keep. Okay, you don't necessarily have to quit your job because sinners work there or else you'll remain unemployed. Okay, you, you don't, you don't, and you don't even necessarily have to quit your job um, due, due to the fact that um, you're the only Christian that works there. Now, that's a difficult environment, and that's toxic, and you might definitely want to pray about whether or not you can uh, you can continue to work there, but you don't have to necessarily quit due to whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But what this means is the close community that you keep, the people that you are, you're inviting over on, on, a, on a weekly basis to your house for dinner, the, 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 the families that you're raising your, children's, your children with, you know, the ones who, who you are uh, into that form of community with, the people that you're calling, uh, you know, to check on and they're checking on you and, you know, the people you're inviting over, you know, to, to your house for Thanksgiving dinner, you know, these sort of people that you are in this level of community with the wiser that those people are the wiser you're going to be okay now this isn't it you can't become clicky and stuck up it's not about that well you're not really wise enough to hang out with me (laughs) because some people may want to hang out with you because you're wiser than them and you so you want to spread this around but but what this just means is that you need to make sure that in your company is always a good mixture of people that love God as much as you do or more and you're going to continue that's going to challenge you and that's going to push you if you look around your friend group i guess this would be a real simple way to describe it if you look around your friend group you could name 5 to 10 people that you spend a decent amount of time with every week and um your faith uh, is the biggest of all of their faiths, and you and you're probably wiser than any of them. And I don't mean that arrogantly, but you can just look at their lifestyles, and you can pretty well discern that. Um, you might you, basically you've hit you've put yourself in a in a in a low. Um, you've put yourself in, in, to a, to a ceiling. Uh, uh, right. Whereas if you would begin to sprinkle in some people that you could draw from some of their wisdom and you could, um, 
begin to be encouraged by their faith, then um, you would you would immediately begin to find increase. Now, Jesus already has a cure for this, uh, this whole problem of the company that we keep, and that's called the church. If you are belonging to a local church, then you are surrounding yourself with wisdom. If it's a spirit-filled church, the spirit is wisdom. He is wisdom. And so being around Holy Spirit-filled people surrounds you with wisdom, even if they're just struggling humans just like the rest of us, you, you will be drawing wisdom from them because wisdom is living inside of them. So don't go into your churches and start examining everyone and go, oh, I really need to find a new church because no one around here is truly wise, right? That, that, that's not what this is about at all. The real remedy for the, for the community that we keep is by belonging to the local body of Christ. And that's going to equally yoke us with good, strong, spirit-filled wise community and then um and there's and so then you're going to be able to go into your workplaces and into your community and your neighborhoods and your grocery stores and surround yourself with other people and be the light in those places i hope that makes sense um verse 22 says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous Right, that's an interesting passage. It's just you know dealing with money and just understanding the thoughtfulness of generational, generational thoughtfulness, legacy, um, having a heart that cares about your children, your children's children, your great grandchildren, right? And that one who has sown well enough into their family, into and into family, that there is someone in which to leave the money to. How often is it true that very, very wealthy people uh, died, have no one to leave their money to? That's because the only thing they sowed into in their life was to making money, right? Uh, Verse 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And we know that verse is commonly spoken at that same type of verses in Proverbs a couple of times. And it just means, you know, in this day and age, you know, we have a real hard time understanding discipline, but... We must discipline our children. We must teach them what's right for wrong. We must do it in love. We must not do it out of anger, okay, or frustration, or just being irritable with them. But when it comes down to when they're breaking biblical principles, such as they're lying or they're hurting other people, if they're behaving jealously or with covetousness, in the same things that it's wrong for me to do, it's wrong for them to do. And we must discipline them so that they know that. Uh, Otherwise, it's Shows that I hate them. Why? Because they're going to live a very poor life here on earth and in eternity in hell if I don't raise my children to know what the difference between godliness and ungodliness, right? And at times we have to afflict them so that they know the difference. And God does the same to us. His word says he disciplines those who he loves. And sometimes he afflicts us and lets us eat of the fruit uh, that we have picked for ourselves so that we know not to go down that path again. Okay, I'm going to have to pick up the pace a little bit, but there, verse 12 of 14 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So we have to be careful with just understanding that sometimes we can talk ourselves into just about anything. That's why we need wisdom. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Word of God to help discern the right path, right? To every person who's ever left their wife, left their husband, to every person that's ever gotten abortion, to every person that's ever, you know, um, 
you know, any of these sort of things. Uh, the mind, the human mind has an amazing ability to reason with just about anything and justify it. And that's why your own intellect can never be your moral compass because it can lead you astray. Okay, that's a broken moral compass. It never points north. It always points to self. And so um, that that's why it leads to death. That's actually the very heart of Satanism is if it feels right, do it. Okay, and uh, that's really what Satan's after is just getting people to do what feels right. And we must not do what feels right. We must do what we believe is right through the word of God and wisdom living within us. Okay, um, 14, the backslider and heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways and a good man will be filled with the fruit of his waves i like uh, ways i like that that verse just the i like the verbiage the backslider and heart wow just someone who continuously um in their heart uh, continues to lose belief and faith um even though no one else knows about it, even if they're around the godly, even if they're at the assemblies of God's people, they will continue to lack good spiritual fruit because they're a backslider at heart. You must be a pursuer of God in your heart, in the secret place, not just in the public place. Okay, the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Wise people think about what they're doing. They calculate the cost. They, they see to it that their days are well spent. They're wise with their time. Okay, um, whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Wise people are generous with their money. They're generous to the poor. Um, in all toil, there is profit, but mere talk uh, tends only to poverty. Be careful about becoming someone that's always talking about doing something. Maybe wait until you feel it really uh, commissioned in your spirit that you're going to do something before you even tell anyone about it. I've had to learn that in being a pastor. Every time I get an idea, I don't just bring it to the congregation. I don't want to get people started going one way and we have to turn the ship another way. I make sure that I'm prayed up and I believe that this is what we're going to do before I tell anyone about it. Um, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of sna- uh, snares of death. We've talked about that. Um, whoever is slow to anger, uh, that's another quality of wise people. They're slow to anger. Uh, chapter 15, verse 1. Um, this might be the last one I have time to cover today. Uh, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Wise people give gentle responses. Does it matter how hostile the original statement was? Wise people give gentle, soft answers because it's amazing the ability that that has to turn away a person's wrath. There is life and death found in the tongue. That doesn't just mean that there's death in the tongue. That means there's life and death in the tongue, which means even if someone speaks a word of death to me, I can call it null and void by a word of life immediately following, following it. And so... A soft answer turns away wrath. We must be people of soft answers. And uh, it goes on to verse 4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but but uh, perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Um, uh, I like this one. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. And better is di- a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Right? And uh, so uh, to make an apt answer is a joy to man and a word in season. How good is it? There's a powerful, uh, it's powerful to have the right word at the right time. 
and that's again just having wisdom in our in our word. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. They think deeply upon what the right answer could be. The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom and humility comes before honor. Humility before honor. Being humbled before exalted. Again, these same spiritual principles. And I'm just talking 100 miles an hour trying to get through this <laughs> these three chapters the best that I have the ability to. My goodness, though, I just feel the wisdom being poured out even as we just take a glance at three chapters a day. Um, so please press in on your own time because I really believe God's Spirit is wanting to release wisdom through these words in our hearts, which is going to change um, just our families and our lives if we would just begin to be people who really seek after a wisdom in the way that Solomon did. The, the word is clear. If you seek wisdom, you'll find it.